Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, here to help you find success in all areas of your life. The power is in your hands. Join our network for free at besteveryou.com. And now, here's Elizabeth. Hello, everybody. I'm getting used to our new intro. Thank you to Randy Kay for that. Uh, she's been with us for about 10 years now doing our intros, and we love her and her voiceovers and all the good stuff. And she's also an accomplished author as well, Randy Kay. It's uh, R-A-N-D-Y-E-K-A-Y-E if you're searching for her on Amazon for her latest book. But speaking of books, boy, we have the best of the best with us right now. Uh, we have Lisa Tenner with us, and she is a masterful book writing and publishing coach, entrepreneur, speaker, and she's got a new book that she's going to come here and tell us about. It's called The Joy of Writing Journal. Um, so The Joy of Writing Journal, uh, and it's to spark your creativity in eight minutes a day. She also has a book class. She only offers it once a year, I think, and we are going to be able to give you a very good discount on that class if you're interested in taking that class with her. So, uh, Lisa, welcome to the Best Ever You Show. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. It's so exciting to be here, and especially at this time when your book is about to launch. Oh, it's it's so exciting, isn't it? Uh, yeah, my, my well, you helped me. Let's let's go back a little bit here because you actually helped me write my first book, which was a Hay House book called Percolate, Let Your Best Self Filter Through. You had a very big hand in helping me um, not know what I was doing to move to knowing a little bit more of what I was doing, but still not perfectly <laughs> knowing what I was doing. But yeah, you know what I mean? It, you, you really yeah. helped me organize myself. I love you so much and I oh. respect your work so much. Well, thank you. It's it, it's it, it was really fun working with you. I think especially when we did that meet your muse exercise and connecting yeah. with your creative source because you got such clear answers and it was just you know inspiring to witness and yeah. uh, be part of that. Yeah, you know, I think I'll uh, and and my ne- the book that you're talking about that's releasing is called the Change Guidebook: How to Open Your Heart, Truths, and Energy to Find Success in All Areas of Your Life, and that's published by HCI and distributed by Simon & Schuster. So it's really, it's it's a huge honor to have another book out. And uh, you've also, you know, been in the background here and there with that one as I've asked you questions. But, you know, you you are, you have a, a big hand in helping people find their success with their books. You help with book proposals, you help with the editing, all of it. And your clients have signed five and six figure book deals with all the big, you know, with HCI, with HarperCollins, with Random House, Hatchet, Beyond Words, New World Library. I'm going to just keep reading. <laughs> New Harbinger, St. Martin's Press, Yale University Press, John Hopkins University Press. Big, big stuff. That must be so rewarding to do. It Tell is. Us about it. It is. So, you know, it's exciting on both ends. It's, of course, it's a thrill when they get that book proposed, uh, when they get that book deal, or even when they get a top agent, which just happened a couple weeks ago with, uh, with one of my clients. But it's also really thrilling at the start because it's sort of, there is this blank page often, not always, sometimes they come to me with some things written, but helping people really get clear on what is the book that's 
really going to be transformational for them personally and for their readers and really understanding their readers so they write the book that's going to make that difference. Uh, it's so fun at the beginning, you know, getting that clear, helping them get that clarity, helping them tap into their creativity to make it the best book they can. And then also it's really fun to learn the stuff they're writing about. You know, I think one of the perks is that I've gotten so much great personal development just from reading my clients' books, whether it's a leadership book for business or it's a book about, you know, love and personal relationships or um, a book about healing your body. You know, they're just, each book book? has so much to teach and it's really fun to be a student of my my clients too. I I completely agree with you. I I love love this genre of, of books and there's just so much to learn from different people and what I love about it is everybody has um, if you're lucky you get to hear people's experiences and that comes through in their writing and so forth so yeah that must be really that must be really fun because you see it from a different side Um, I agree you know the agent thing is a big deal I I have Mm -hmm. an agent um, his name is Steve Harris and I've had him for two years and he was he was a, just another beautiful soul helping me out. And so um, would, is it fair to say that if somebody has a question about any part of the book publishing industry, you're a good resource? Is that, is that a, or you could find somebody to help? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thing? Absolutely. Yeah. I think I can answer a lot of those questions. And if I can't, I will find the answer or, the per- or know the person to, to uh, help them you know, find the answer or get the help they're looking for. Obviously, I don't work in every genre. Um, and self-help and uh, psychology, health, those are kind of my sweet spot. But I've also worked on business books that have, you know, won major awards. And so, uh, yeah, but there are going to be some books and memoirs I've worked on. But there are going to be some books that, you know, somebody else is a better person to go to. But I can, I'll, I'll know when that's the case and I can refer people. Yeah. So tell tell me about um, this the journal. I mean, you've you've written a journal for people to to use. How nice is that of you? <laughs> Thank you. Yes, we, we, we both, we, you and I both are passionate journalers and passionate about sharing that with people. And you have these amazing journals too. Um, I think you know the 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 joy of writing journal really just came to me, uh, like all the prompts came at once within a few hours. And then, you know, I added some over time and took some out. But, you know, the like the, the bones of the book just came, boom. And then it was really about filling it out with, um, you know, more, more inspiration and uh, some really fun features. Because it came to me during COVID. And and, you know, I think some part of me was just seeing people struggling, feeling alone, and, um and, and, and needing more resources, and the best resource, I think, is that inner resource, right? When we can really uh, tap into our inner knowing, our wisdom, and uh, our creativity, and, and even sense of humor sometimes, um, yeah. that's where some really powerful transformation happens. Uh, and and we could talk later, too, about, you know, the ways journaling has, has really changed my life. But but what happened was, you know, I was thinking about that, and, and this journal kind of just came out of nowhere, it seemed, because I was working on another book, and this journal said, no, me first, me first, people need this now. <laughs> and um, so that goes. And so 
I, I have a colleague who puts QR code in books, and she, Tamara Manasoff, and uh, I've sent her a few clients who actually their books won awards because, several of their books won awards because uh, it's so powerful to have this multimedia experience where somebody's reading and then you know they hover their phone over this QR code and suddenly they're watching a video that really adds to the experience and and connects them with the author and uh, it's it's lovely, but I thought this is really helpful when you're looking at a blank page. You know, you're you're, and I I think the prompts because a lot of them start with lists. It makes it easy to get started, but even so, sometimes people need a little more. And I thought, well, what if we do something that really brings them joy right away, puts a smile on their face, and then they journal. You know, you're journaling from a place where you're already feeling elevated, your mood is joyful or getting there. And so um, so some of these videos are, you know, just people sharing their response to the prompt. It might be their favorite word or their favorite time to write or um, uh, why they write. And then sometimes they're me giving a tip or me sharing some things I do for my writing ritual and uh, just so a variety of things. Sometimes they're actually not a video, but I have, a, I think, three audio meditations that help you get into the zone before you write. So there's lots of fun stuff to experiment with. You don't have to do the QR codes, but I think it, it often adds so much for people, and I get feedback that uh, it, it's really helped people take their journaling to a new level, and they're finding it really yeah. rich. And interestingly... I thought it would be mostly, uh, you know, women and personal, you know, writing sort of from a personal development standpoint. And then I was on a bunch of podcasts with men who were marketers, and they said, oh, I'm using the journal now in the mornings when I want to come up with marketing copy and when I want to write my video scripts. And uh, and I've had women say that too, but I was really surprised. Like the, the people who are be- benefiting from this are so broad, uh, and that's been a real treat to discover that. Yeah, it sounds like it, I, I, and and probably younger people too, because there's you know there's people of all ages right now writing books. So I think that's I think this is special. Do you? Um, what I, I kind of want to just ask you more about the journal, if I could. Sorry for the big um yeah. there, but you know I I I'm curious about if you if it helps people write their book. Uh, or is it just to kind of spark the creativity to write it, or just just explain a little bit more of what 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 time you know, when you spend time in the journal, what are you doing? What are you going to yeah. What are you going to get from that, it? I guess is my point. That, that is such a great question, and I sort of wrote this book differently from how I usually teach how to write a book because <laughs> it really did sort of come and I didn't I, I wasn't like super strategic about it like here's how it fits in with my business or my work it just came and then so it's kind of been developing I would say but I can tell you first of all how I use my journal and what I do is I wake up in the morning and I write down my dreams if I remember them. And I might write some insights or, or associations I have with those dreams. And then I often turn to the Joy of Writing Journal and actually do those journaling exercises myself because they're such a great warm-up. And they get you writing. And sometimes in that space, I just naturally start writing something that turns into a blog post or something for another book. Um, or sometimes I'll, I'll you know, very um, – intentionally say, okay, now I've 
done some journaling, my eight minutes of creativity, and now I'm going to use that momentum I got going to work on this particular book I'm working on. So uh, that's how I use it, and I think people are using it in all kinds of ways. So uh, my my client and friend, Gail Sylvia Pullen, who's the author of um, the good, uh, the good around us, um, living and, and leading from a place of joy, even in the joyless moments. And she's just an amazing person. She just told me that she is homeschooling her niece, and they're using the Joy of Writing Journal as one of her first exercises in writing. So um, there's somebody using it to teach and how to how to tap into your creativity to write. Um, other people, you know, are using it, like I said, as a business tool. And then uh, a lot of people, I did, when the book first came out, I did a free Joy of Journaling adventure for October, and you can find it on my website. But every day I responded to a prompt in the journal and uh, invited other people to share their experience. And some brave souls shared their journal mm-hmm. uh, online or aspects of it. And, you know, a lot of them were somewhat more new to writing or just very tentative, didn't have the confidence. And by the end of that class, they were, you know, working on a book or they were um, much more confident and excited to say, yeah, I can write. I'm owning this. I'm a writer. And they wouldn't have said that at the beginning. So, you know, people will will use it for – for that gaining confidence and and then a big reason that I did you know before the book came out I did have this clarity that this is really a great tool for um for for just tapping into creative space for any project so you you know you journal for 8 minutes and it, it could be a little less could be more but you you know you do the prompt and then you're ready to tap to, to hop into another creative project that's maybe a bigger thing you're working on. So, uh, But it can also be, if you're not working on a big project, just a way to touch base with yourself and use that creative muscle and just yeah. feel joyful. You know, you can just do it for the fun of it, too. Good. Yeah, no, I, I love it. I love, I love hearing about that. Uh, we've got a little noise in the background. I have two new puppies. Uh, for those of you who don't know that, I have two uh, puppies in the background, and I am in their space right now. Four o'clock, they're awake, and <laughs> my kids in the my, my kids in the other room are like, "Be quiet!" So uh, we'll see how it goes. But if you hear a little barking, please forgive me because they're just babies, and they both just got spayed, so uh, one of them still has oh. a cone on too. So it's all it's all good. But it's just you know we're we're working from home, and that's how it goes sometimes. So. I apologize for that if they if they do that, but they sure are cute. So we'll put, post a photo of them because they've contributed to the show. Um, <laughs> do you, you know, you earlier you mentioned um, your muse, and one of the things I really appreciated about you was when you uh, when you go to do something you don't really have much experience doing. For me, anyway, I was a little nervous, a little less confident than I would be normally. If, you know, I knew how to if I had done this before or whatever, just the confidence was missing. And I think one of the special things about you was you anchored me right into my power. I love that. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's such a amazing thing to witness that in people, you know, when they really step into that uh, creative space and own it. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big deal. You know, it's like, okay, remember a, you know, your muse, your power, whatever you want to call it, it's a moment where you've succeeded doing 
something already and you just have to remember that you're capable and uh, you might not have every answer and every every I dotted and every T crossed and all that stuff, but that's where you kind of come in and, and help quite a bit. Did you, um, I saw that your book went to number one bestseller in multiple categories on Amazon. What do you think is, uh, is making it so popular? It's great. Um, <laughs> it's hard I, to do I and do, it's awesome. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I do think that part of it is definitely that People need tools, and they need simple tools, you know, that we can use at home that are quick, like we don't have a ton of time, but we need tools that are going to make us feel better. And uh, and journaling can be a really quick mood shift. Um, we also need tools that help us tap into creative solutions for things, mm-hmm. and uh, journaling can really do that, like, you know, so powerfully. And... Uh, you know, and and I think people are also really feeling that in this time they're feeling more and more called to no longer put off their dreams. It's time, and journaling is such a tool for tapping into you know what are my dreams, and uh, really dreaming big. And in addition to dreaming big, how do you think that um, this ties into like overall happiness and well-being? You know, when you when you actually go ahead and pursue a big dream, how does that tie back in? You probably know yeah. the to that in multiple ways from dealing with all of us authors. Yeah, definitely <laughs> multiple ways. <laughs> I, you know, one is just that when we're feeling down or low, you know, the the thing that most gets us out most powerfully, I think, is to take the focus off ourselves and our problem and help somebody else, you know. And, and I think that journaling can be, you know, it can certainly be a tool for going inward, but it can also be a tool for creating something for others, right? It can tap your creativity so that you end up writing something that you can share and make somebody else's day amazing. You might write a poem. And that happened with a few people in that Joy of, uh, Joy of Journaling adventure in October where, you know, they just they ended up writing poems. I wrote a few poems too. And, you know, mm-hmm. you share those with people and it really can light up their day. Uh, it, it's taking the focus off a problem, you know, or what you see as a problem and, and really creating something for the world. Yeah. And, and yourself. And that sense of, yeah. And yourself and that sense of community too, because I know that I know mm. from knowing you that one of your things is to inspire people to communicate with one another, writer to writer, uh, you know, person to person kind of thing. Uh, why is that so important? And how does the, how does your journal do that? So it's important, you know, because I think people can give up without support um, yeah. and or people can feel alone and lost and especially you know in this time where we've been isolating on and off and and you know people just have not been getting together in the same way they have in the past uh, it's even more important to reach out and connect and and even just with the videos in the joy of writing journal you start to feel a connection to other people who are writing and who are journaling. And then uh, we do have a Facebook group, and again, you can link to that. There's a QR code in the journal, and so that takes you to the Facebook group where you can also you know, connect with other kindred spirits. Um, so it, it does take journaling to this new level where there is a sense of community, if that's what you want. And if you just want to journal uh, privately too, that's fine. You know, it 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 offers either. Yeah, uh, I'm, I I want to talk about like how 
journaling sometimes feel like, feels like a chore to people or like a, mm. or like a somebody picks it up like a privacy violation and you know, all those things. People sometimes kind of put it off. The journal sits there and, and so forth. Is there something that you've found to sort of like overcome that? Do you schedule it in? What do you what do you do to make sure that you get your time in? Because a lot of people say, well, I want to write a book, but I don't have time or I don't stick to it or anything from journaling to writing a book to all of it. I've heard everything at this, but how'd you do that? I'm like, well, I sat down, put my rear end in the seat and my pen in my <laughs> hand and I wrote the thing, you know, kind of, cause I don't, I don't know if people know that. I do not type my books. I write them, handwrite them and then type them in mm-hmm. every word. <laughs> yeah. I mostly do that too. It, there is something just, I think brain wise where it, there's a creative aspect that comes in when you write by hand. Um, so I'm, I'm with you on that. And, and yes, I think it's, it's, if you're going to write a book, it really helps to create a habit. And again, you know, the idea of, okay, give it eight minutes a day to journal. And then if you are on a roll, just be working on your book or, you know, or even schedule time for that, you know, so you could wake up, do, an eight-minute thing in the Joy of Writing Journal and then move on to the book. And it would, you know, you'll already be in this writing zone, writing flow, and then work on the book. But it does help you create a habit. So this is a 30-day journal. You could use this to create a 30-day habit. And then actually because there's some list making, you would even have um, new material that you could use for many months more. So that's yeah. fun. Yeah. And you, you, I've heard you say before, this changed your life. Journaling completely changed your life. Um, if you don't mind, can we pry there and ask you personally how yeah. and why and what you do? Tell, tell us uh, yeah. all your secrets, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, definitely as a young person, I think just dealing with, you know, whether it's family dynamics or, you know, young crushes, you know, that, that can be a a tumultuous time, you know, in grammar school, middle school, high school, and a journal can be a safe place to explore all that. Um, and and I even had a diary that had a lock and key, you know, so if you're worried about somebody reading, you, you could find one with a key, just, you know, as long as you're not living with somebody who picks locks, you're, you're good. Locks, yeah. um, but uh, but uh, then, you know, in college, definitely my journal was all about, you know, these dramatic relationships on and off and this one and that one and why, you know, why doesn't he want to see me anymore? So, you know, it was a place to to process that. Um, And and then really when I was, so skip like, oh gosh, maybe three, ten, like 13 years after I graduated from college. uh, Oh, no, 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 15 years after graduating from college. uh, oh, well, it was before that. But anyway, yeah. after I graduated from college uh, and then um, business school, and then I was running a nonprofit organization for 10 years, and it was really fulfilling in some ways and completely exhausting and burnout as a job in other ways. And uh, that was really hard, and I got quite sick. I think I was, you know, I was just running myself ragged. It was just too much work. And, um, and, and, and I think it was a sick building besides. So um, so I wrote in my journal, and my journal really helped me heal. It helped me find, like, I tried different kinds of healing modalities, and I wrote in the journal, and, and I found healing. And I, I had 
I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue or fibromyalgia, but I did eventually overcome that. I mean, some people say, oh, that's not, you know, you can't overcome that. But I, I, I cured myself, you know, and, and I did a lot of different kinds of work to do that, you know, whether it was journaling was just a piece of that, but it definitely supported me on that path. And with the job, too, what happened was I was really burnt out and I was I was doing this alternative healing. And one day I did some writing in my journal and it ended up being a book idea and I wrote that book. And when I did leave that job, I had a, a baby, but I, I – even before the baby, I started working on um, my first, what became my first book, and I eventually found two co-authors, and we wrote The Ultimate Guide to Transforming Anger, which was published by your publisher, HCI. And it was an incredible experience, but really my journal was the place where I discovered that book initially. It changed a lot when I had my two wonderful co-authors, but, um, but it started with the journal. And, and then... Um, when that book came out and I had a young child and I knew I couldn't go back to the nonprofit field and I was struggling, the journal was a place I processed, where do I go next? And, um, and, and really tried to figure out, and we, finances were really tough for a while when we had our first child. So it was, that was a big struggle. And really the ideas for a business that came out of my journaling, I never I never could have dreamed that I would have such a successful and fulfilling business. Um, it really, money just seemed, you know, just this, uh, you know, even just enough money to pay my school loans seemed like a, a pipe dream. And, and you know, the journal really helped me find fulfilling but also prosperous work. So it's like every area of my life, you know, and relationships with my family members now, I journal about that. So the journal is just that gift that keeps on giving and keeps on helping you grow and solve your problems creatively. Um, Yeah. I agree. Percolate started as as a journal entry as well. Wow. A drawing, a really bad drawing. I knew that. Yeah. My dad was um, in a rehab facility from having a stroke, and he he rattled off uh, in a speech therapy session, uh, you know, they did a, like an ABC test with him where you say A and the, the patient says what, what word comes to mind. And he rattled off uh, aardvark, benevolence, courage, determination, excellence, F was a swear oh, word, goodness, oh. happiness, integrity, <laughs> joy, on and on and on. Yeah, and yeah. I took it out. I took out my journal and I'm like, oh, percol-. I drew a teapot actually with ABCs coming out of it. And I was like, percolate, ABCs of life. And and that was kind of the very first version of the book title that got submitted to Hay House. We re- we revised it into some of the things that it is today, but originally each chapter was one of his words. Mm-hmm. So there was a there was a rewrite with that that was very frustrating because <laughs> you think you're doing one thing and then you do another and it makes the book better. But as the as the author and stuff, there's some maneuvering that goes with working with editors and so forth, which I'm going to talk with you about here in a moment. Um, I would love for you to go through, um, while we have you, because this is one of the biggest questions that everybody always asks, what's the mm-hmm. difference between self-publishing, hybrid publishing, and traditionally published, traditionally published authors? And is every author, should they hold out for the traditional published thing? Or does each book have a purpose? Or what's, what's the lay of the land these days with with the uh, publishing world? <laughs> it's such I'm a great question. And, and, you know, yeah. um, it, there's no, 
I think, you know, there's no like cookie cutter answer, right? It's so so with every person I really like to get clear on what's their vision and their goals and then that'll help us decide because if somebody is going to use their book to grow their speaking career, uh it really makes sense often, usually to self-publish unless they already have a really big speaking career and even then they might make more money with their book if they self-publish and they'll have more control. Uh, so if they want to put sort of seeds for their business, their speaking business or training business into the book, they have more ability to do that if they've self-published. You know, not to do it in a really slick markety way, but to do it in a way that plants seeds for people to want to work with them. You know, if you work with a traditional publisher, you just don't have as much control over what goes into it. Um, and and they get the final decision, even, you know, usually um, when it comes to the title. Uh, they usually get your input, but they, you know, they, it usually is written into the contract that they get the final decision. So help. I do occasionally know an author who's not happy with their cover or not happy with their their um, title. And, and, you know, that's, that's unfortunate because you really want – um, to be really happy with 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 your, every aspect of oh. your book. Now, on the other hand, a team, a, you know, a professional team, as you've seen both with Hay House and HCI, they bring so much to the table, so much knowledge, <laughs> yeah. and um, and and they know, you know, they're going to bring the sales team that sells the books who really understand the customers. So, yeah. So yeah, I have sorry. been blessed. No, no, we got noise in the background. It's okay. Yeah, I've been blessed in both cases with just a team of people around me who really know this industry. And um, especially on the last, on the, on the change guidebook, because I knew more this time around too. So it wasn't clueless me showing up like, I don't know how to do a book, you know, (laughs) kind of thing. And I, you know, not that I know everything by any stretch for sure. I am learning as we go here, but um, to, to just understand the process a lot better has been just wonderful. And there's, when you can kind of, get a feel for it too when there's the this energy behind your book like mm-hmm. like the change guidebook has a really cool vibe to it and so many people are just saying oh i love that and and i think the same of yours too yours your your even just your book cover and the whole book it's got such a great energy to it it's happy and it makes you it um it makes you want to want to do the work it it doesn't seem so you know, daunting. It it makes you want to open it up and write in it and do the work. It's fun. Yeah, it is fun. And I really consciously, you know, I had a bunch of different prompts and really decided let's do the prompts that are just fun and stimulating. And and so that was what people need right now. But yeah, I agree. And the Change Guidebook, I love how you get these stories and wisdom from all these different people wise people it it just makes the book feel like a community and i think yeah. that's what we need right now is that sense of community so i think these books that bring us together like that and have you know more than one voice in whatever way they do that really make a big difference right now in particular yeah. yeah i love the book for that too not this isn't about my book by any stretch but yeah the 20 contributors so the book structure is like my mm-hmm. narrative for me and then stories from them and exercises because the book is in itself as a master class, um, probably much mm-hmm. like yours. You know, you feel like you, you, you understand writing much better as you write eight minutes a day for 30 days. You learn. That's right. And, you know, the, the other thing I think is so neat about you is you have this class that we can take. Uh, and I think you offer it once a year. And I'd love for you to tell our listeners 
all about your class because you've changed oh. lives with that class. Thank you. Yeah, it really has. And it's so amazing when I think of we have Nautilus Award winners and Stevie Award winners from that yeah. class. Um, really amazing things have come out of it and, and book deals with a number of publishers. But it's called Bring Your Book to Life. And uh, some people work on, most people work on their book, writing the book in that class. Some people will work on a book proposal. And in that class, we we go from, you know, the book concept and the very early what's the vision and who are the readers. And even if somebody's already got some idea of that, they often find they get some new insights and ideas that they get really excited about. And that's all sort of the pre-work. And we do some, there's some um, exercises they do, and then there's one-on-one phone consultations with me. And then when they're really clear on the book and, and they can work on the structure and get feedback multiple times on their outline as much as needed, then it's time to write the book. And when you do that that work ahead of time, it really helps to write a book in a shorter period of time and certainly a first draft. You know, you're going to write multiple, as you know, multiple drafts of your book. You're going to edit it. But this first draft is the hardest. And you just getting it down on paper and, and learning at the same time what makes for good writing. How are you going to really engage your readers? So we do some really fun things in class. And some of it, you know, I'll be teaching certainly, but a lot of it you're applying it to your book. You'll, you know, get into pairs and, and, and brainstorm with a partner sometimes how you're going to apply what I just said about features or tone or making the stories really catchy or or adding transformational exercises. So it's a really fun place to experiment, get some input from others in a way that contributes without like being too much. You know, we're not all Mm -hmm. critiquing each other's books. There's not enough time for that. It's really about get your book written, get that first draft written. And it's a great place if you're writing a self-help book or um, a business book or a how-to book, then uh, that's that's a really good good format. You know, if you're writing a memoir, it's going to take longer than the 12 weeks that this class lasts. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. So in March, then we start March 16th. I think we start having our group calls, and uh, basically you're writing probably a first draft of a chapter a month, depending on how many chapters in your book, and. Um, and you do get feedback on 30 pages from me. So there's a lot, of, and, or my colleague, Simon, we have a new editor of residence, which is really exciting too. So, um, so there's, yeah, there's a lot of hand-holding that goes with this. And so you're not writing a cookie-cutter book. You're really writing an extraordinary book that's your book. It's authentically, uniquely yours, and it's not just some cookie-cutter method. So that's really another thing that distinguishes it, I think, from yeah. a lot of book writing programs out there. Yeah, and I think you have a discount for our listeners, correct? I do. I have eleven hundred dollars off. So the program right. normally costs fifty nine ninety seven, almost six thousand dollars, and you get eleven hundred dollars off. I think it goes through Tuesday, and the code is best ever. So okay. particularly for for Elizabeth's community, right. we're offering this eleven hundred off right now. Okay. All right, and and if you have further questions, just ask Lisa. Yeah, she just will email get, me. Yeah, and you get in touch with Lisa. Uh, we were talking about traditionally published. We have a, a I want to add to that if we can. Um, yeah. Based a couple people have asked questions, and I'm just going to kind of wrap it all into one and and add a little bit to it. So let's go through, so people understand. You know, you you don't just 
show up as you and just be like, I'm going to be a traditionally published author and here you are. <laughs> there's some back, right. there's, some, there's some steps to, to that wishing. And I, re, I reward everyone's and, and applaud everyone's wishing uh, and, and action. But the action is important because if you wish, if you wish you're going to be wishing for a while, you need to take the action, which is usually a book proposal and an agent. Now, some places right. do to accept book. Some places do accept the pitch with the proposal without an agent, but most often the agent is uh, getting you through the door. And so mm-hmm. people say, "Well, how do I get an agent? How do I write a proposal?" Do you want to answer that? Yeah, well, there's a good book, How to Write a Book Proposal by Mike Larson and Jody Ryan. It's a very good starting point, but I will say that, like, when people contact me and they've used a book and they, you know, and they say, would you, you know, would you um, edit my book proposal or give me feedback on the book proposal? Usually I will find things that really, you know, could be big red flags or things that will prevent them from getting a book deal. And so it, it is important to get some professional help usually. I mean, there are people who get a book deal without that, um, but it really, really helps. And, and the other thing that helps is really to have somebody helping you strategize about growing your platform unless it's already really huge because – that those stakes are going, you know, higher and higher in terms of what publishers want to see. And it's become even more important maybe than than the quality of the book itself. Um, So, you know, which, you know, not, not all the time, but a lot. So it, these things are important if you really want a book deal. But there are also great reasons to self-publish. And, and my most recent book, I did self-publish because I wanted it quick. And I knew yeah. it was going to take a much longer time to get it out there. And I, I thought, we need this book now. And, you know, I'm glad I self-published. I learned a few things. There are a few things I do differently now, you know, little tweaky things. But um, but it was a good learning experience because a lot of my clients self-published and that wasn't as much my experience. And now I you know I know more about self-publishing things to yeah. make sure they avoid or make sure they do. And uh, but it's it's fun because you do have you know you you own the book. You can make changes if something goes wrong. You can you can try something new. You know so there's there's a lot of value in that too. And and again it goes back to what are your goals. People sometimes think oh, I have to traditionally publish because that's the cachet. And it, it for certain goals, yes, it is really helpful and important. A lot of the doctors I work with or therapists I work with, it's really great if they can traditionally publish. But for a lot of people, they're going to actually get more traction and help build their community and, and build their platform and audience by publishing the book, and the book's going to help them do that or even build the business. So um, it's a very individual decision, and there's yeah. not like a one is better than the other. Yeah, I like to take a look at the project and see what its use, what its use ultimately is and who's going to read it and, and really what your purpose is in doing that. Because I have, mm-hmm. um, I have eight books now, and some are self-published, two are hybrid published, and two are traditionally published. Uh, and the hybrid published ones are children's books, which I found so useful to use a hybrid publisher for. And it was not kajillions of dollars or anything like that to do it. And what I thought was so nice about it was they took they took a hold of the illustrations and did them. So, you know, you, you thinking, okay, I want to self-publish a children's book. And you go out and you hire an illustrator. And then you're trying to put the illustrations in the book and make it all look 
pretty and all that good stuff. They did well, all and that your children, and I thought it was your, lovely. Yeah, your children's books are so gorgeous. So that's lovely. I'm gonna I'll definitely when people ask me about children's books, I'll 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 send them your way yeah. to or 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 I'll ask yeah. you what what to tell them because. Uh, those illustrations are just, uh, I found them so delightful. The kid Cute. in me was just so yeah. happy me, to, to read them. I love those books. Yeah, Pinky Doodlebug and Pinky Doodle Dance. They're published by Waldorf Publishing in Texas. It's a hybrid publisher. And so, you know, I bought 100 books, and they take on pretty much everything else, and you get your royalties and everything. Um, another one is Miriam Landry. Um, she does a really good job uh, publishing children's books, and she has a couple written with Jack Canfield. Um, so I can oh. believe in myself as one that she, um, I think that one's actually published by HCI actually though. Um, but she does help guide, she, you know, she guides people through publishing their book and publishes them for, uh, people in a hybrid way. So really, really helpful. Um, with traditionally published, published books, you mentioned a really good point and that's that once you, you know, you have an agent, you have a book proposal, there's a period of time where the book proposal gets shopped around and you get your yeses, mm-hmm. your noes, your whatevers. And then um, if you get a yes, uh, yes, we want to publish your book, one or two or three or however many you get, from that point, it's a while before your book comes out. It's not instant. It's not like self-publishing a book. (laughs) I think it's people really don't know that, that it can be more than a year before your book sees the light of day. Yeah, it could even be two years and sometimes more. So it is really important to know that uh, because sometimes people have really unrealistic expectations. And, you know, now because sometimes there are issues in the manufacturing process and that that has slowed things down um, due to the pandemic. So, you know, there have been some delays. Um, The other thing that, you know, sometimes can happen is because of the the long time period, you know, and people in publishing change jobs quickly, um, you might have an acquisitions editor who bought your book and then suddenly they're gone before the book comes out and you've lost your champion for the book. And that is a painful, painful thing. Um, So, you know, Again, if you if you're the person who owns it all, like that's not going to happen. And and I wouldn't want people to just, you know, worry about that. But it's just important to know. And and really that's too where I often do that meet your music exercise to say, well, let's ask your inner muse. We've talked about all the reasons to go one way or another. Now let's ask your muse. And the muse just has access to you know, parts of our brain and being and spirit that we don't even normally, you know, consciously realize. It's a much more subconscious or unconscious and expanded way of making decisions and uh, and accessing, you know, wisdom. And so sometimes that will really help in, in making the decision too. So people call you the creativity catalyst. I love that, by the mm-hmm. way. Um, how? Do, what does that mean? And and how do you help people um, get their you know their everyday into books? <laughs> how do you yeah. how do you get your everyday your everyday person and their thoughts and their ideas and their experiences and their this and their that into something that's actually compelling or will sell into you know a, a turn it into a book proposal and turn it into an acquisition. 
Yeah. Well, you know, I think it's like an internal, like two words come to mind, an internal marriage or alchemy where, you know, we're accessing, like I'm giving them the things they need to know for a book proposal and, you know, very much like what does the publishing industry look for? How can we, you know, how can we create a package that's going to be compelling? You know, and some of that is kind of uh, left brain and linear. And, and some of it's right brain. We're getting creative about how to do that. But then, you know, I always want to tap into that inner knowing and give people access to their deepest creativity. And so we do it in a lot of ways. I have another class that is ending now while I teach Bring Your Book to Life, but we'll probably do a little bit of this in Bring Your Book to Life. And it's I call it Get Your Writing Done. But what we do is we do breathing and these movement exercises, and they're brief, but to get into that state of flow, and then we write. Uh, but it's also helpful to have an outline and have a structure so that then when you're ready to write, you can say, oh, okay, this chapter comes next, but I'm not that excited about it, but I really feel excited about this chapter. So that's what I'm going to write next. But you have a structure you're tapping into. So that will save you a lot of time and, and you know make you more likely to write something that ends up in the book as opposed to something that takes you off on a tangent and you think, why did I do that? Yeah. Question from somebody. Um, this, is a, this is a cute question. Um, what do I do if I'm a speaker who needs to write a book? And what do I do if I'm a, if I'm a writer who needs to speak? <laughs> okay. Um, so they're both things. <laughs> um, so I would say a speaker who needs to write a book, sometimes it's really helpful to structure the book and, and you know, get creative about the features that are going to be in it, really understand your audience. You know, but then when you, once you have a structure and foundation, you could speak the book. You could record it. You could have somebody even asking you questions to get the material that then you have transcribed, and that can be your first draft. You're still going to need to do some writing and editing, but you can hire an editor to help you from that point. And that could really help you if you speak better than you write. Um, On the other hand, uh, if you're a writer who needs to speak, you know, I would say, you know, then it probably makes more sense to write the book, not speak it. But... um, but think about, you know, exactly what, you know, what you see yourself doing. What's the vision? Because sometimes people write a book um, and they're really not thinking about what's my end goal? Who do I want to be speaking in front of? You know, if you want to be speaking in front of people about quitting your job and uh, or if, if you want to write a book, I'm sorry, about like quitting your job and leaving the corporate life, but you're thinking, but I, I want to get speaking gigs in big companies like Google, they're, they're not going to hire you to teach people to leave their job, right? Uh, no, so, so you want to be careful about <laughs> the book that matches your speaking goals. It sounds, yeah. I mean, it sounds simplistic, but I, I see it, I see it, you know, where people, even really smart, smart people, I worked with somebody once who he was um, a, a really accomplished uh executive recruiter at the C-level, so he was recruiting, you know, CEOs and CFOs, and um, and he came to me with three different book ideas, and one book was the stuff he knew that, you know, was really going to uh, be perfect for his ideal clients, and then one book was really interesting because he'd interview CEOs, and one book was um, just kind of challenging, but he wanted a challenge, and I said, well, if this is a book for your business, 
your first book should be that one that seems so easy, but is the stuff you know that your clients need and that are going to help them know this is the guy to hire. So, you know, even though he's super smart, I think we just tend to overcomplicate things. And I do that myself. Like sometimes you need an outside person to help you realize, oh, yeah, you're overcomplicating this or, you know, come back to basics. Um, it, it, you know, sometimes we can't do that stuff for ourselves, no matter how much we know. All right. I'm going to uh, call her on 574, area code. I'm going to unmute you, and you let me know if you have a question or not. I, I don't have somebody uh, fielding questions for us. I'm just going to bring you live, see if it I do goes live. Hi, how are you? Thank you for calling in. What's your What's your question for Lisa? Yeah, my question is, so you have a small business, right? And then you – now, I'm in Alabama today, and, and sometimes – there's a lots of hills in Alabama. So maybe you judge your people about how you hire them if they have one short leg and one long leg. Is that okay legally? Hmm. I'm sorry. I don't know, Do you understand I don't know if that's a question Lisa? exactly for Lisa. I'm going to go ahead and that's why I field the questions. Um, I don't know what that question was exactly, so we're just going to let I, it go. Yeah, I'm Did sorry. You get I didn't it? quite understand it. <laughs> I didn't understand the question sorry. either. But, um, yeah, no, that's okay. Sometimes that happens with our questions, so that's but, generally why. But I did hear I something about judging your people, and I guess people, so yeah, I, don't, I might not be answering the question, but um, but it struck me, right? And so, Yeah, I hear judging you know, people. Yeah, one of the things we really want to do is get in the shoes of the people we are are writing for and remind ourselves, you know, sometimes we were there 20 years ago or 10 years ago, or we have clients who are there, like really get into their mindset of what are they, you know, what's a, what are they in pain about and what do they need and where are they right now? Because if we start writing to where we are, right, and, and I think a good example is, and she wasn't judging her people, but I think she just at first was forgetting where they're at. So Kathy LeMay wrote a wonderful book called The Generosity Plan about giving of your time, talent, and treasure. And um, she, she helps people in philanthropy. She was, uh, grew up quite poor and, 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 you know, didn't didn't realize she could be a philanthropist, right? And and that is what she is, and she helps people be philanthropists because it doesn't matter if you're donating ten dollars or a thousand dollars. You want that money to to create change um, and be as effective as possible. So when she was writing her book, she started opening with how she like quit her job and went to war torn Bosnia and and helped. Uh, worked with rape victims. It was really intense. And I said, you know, that's not where your readers are. They're going to say, well, great that Kathy did that, but I can't do that. You want to meet them where they are. And that's a great story for like towards the end of the book where they might be ready to quit their job and go do something like that, but not at the beginning. You want to meet them where they are. So if I can, you know, um, you know, respond to that, like, where do you meet yeah, your readers? You don't want to meet them in judgment. You want to meet them where they are with compassion. And that's how you're going to be able to help them. Yeah, that, I agree. Uh, and I I want to just add, too, you know, it's one of the reasons why I keep the Best Ever You Network a free membership uh, and mm-hmm. free blogging. If somebody wants to, If somebody wants to pipe up and write something for our website, 
we don't uh, very often say no. And so you can, mm-hmm. you, our, our website, besteveryday.com is really a blogging platform for people um, who want to get their messages out there or their books or whatever. And we, we love all of our members and our, and our writers and, and so forth. So maybe that helps somebody too. I hope we answered your question. Um, I couldn't tell if we did or not, but um, I'm going to, I'm going to just keep going. How's that sound, Lisa? Cause we're going to run out of time here. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Okay. And so yeah, I love I love our callers. So it's it's meaningful when people call in with questions, and it and it uh, and it makes me uh, just light up. But I, what I really wish I had was somebody who could talk with all of our callers um, who have questions in the back in the background, so that when they come on, mm-hmm. I know what they want to ask and how we can uh, help best. So hopefully we answered that. If not, just put a little comment on the show, and we will uh, make sure we get your additional questions answered because there are a couple other people and we're running out of time and I do not have time for all the questions. So Lisa, uh, where can people mm-hmm. get a copy of your book? Cause we've, we've got about two more minutes here before we've got to go. Yeah. Just uh, go to Amazon, the joy of writing journals, uh, spark your creativity in eight minutes a day or Lisa Tenner on Amazon and you'll, you'll find my Amazon page and you can get it through there. Um, so yeah, thank you for asking and I hope you have a wonderful experience with it and let me know how it goes for you if you have questions. Yeah, Lisa, it's been so much fun having you here and uh, I hope you all have enjoyed this show. Uh, lots of information here to help us all be our best with being an author, writing. Uh, I, I even think you help us in our daily life just with our confidence and so forth. Uh, it's very inspirational when you're trying to, when you have a big dream and you're trying to do something, to have somebody such mm-hmm. as yourself say, it's okay, I've got you. And uh, here's, a, here's a process that can help. So um, whatever it is, um, we're, we're definitely here to help you. And uh, Lisa, I want to send people to your website. It's lisatenner.com. And, and what's the name of your class again? One more time. Yeah, it's called Bring Your Book to Life. Book to life. And actually, yeah. if you just go to lisatenner.com backslash or forward slash book, B-O-O-K, yeah. that'll take you to that um, that particular um, page with with the program. And if people have questions, you know, it is an expensive program. It's an investment. So I'm happy to have a phone call with them if they're thinking, yeah. is this right for me? And is my book the kind of book that will work with this? Uh, so just email me, lisa at lisatenner.com, and we can see if it's the best fit for you. Because I, I, I want it to be the right thing for people. We're not trying to sell it to everyone here. Yeah, no, I get it. And then your book is The Joy of, Jur- of Writing Journal, Spark Your Creativity in Eight Minutes a Day. So thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Lisa Tenner, thank you so much for being my guest. And thank you all so much for listening to the Best Ever You show. We will be back on Monday. Uh, we have Meryl Hodge as a guest. Um, that's going to be a nice show. And so we'll be uh, having a Valentine's Day show as well. So thank you all so much. And Lisa, have a great day. You too. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We're so glad you tuned in. Be brave, be bold, be you. And remember to visit us at besteveryou.com.